and grace and peace to each and every one of you. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio with your host for tonight, the Human McLean. I am truly elated to be back on here. I want to give special greetings to uh, Dr. Ganny, amen, uh, the founder of Kingdom Empowerment. God bless you for all those who are visitors and friends and those who come on here 
faithfully, I want to thank God for each and every one of you. You have been a tremendous, tremendous blessing. Listen, this is your host for tonight. Dehuman McLean, I am on here every first and third Mondays of every month at 7 p.m. through 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Two hours of powerful teaching, insightful revelation, and and biblical truth and word. Amen. We're here to give you... powerful uh, deposits and, and, and word from heaven, manna from heaven, amen, and truly it has been a journey. I've been on here for quite some time, approximately uh, about two or three years that God has allowed me to be on here, and I've heard of so many great testimonies of how people have been sharing that uh, these segments have been a tremendous, tremendous blessing to them. And so I am truly grateful uh, for that. I'm truly humbled and honored. Nevertheless, um, I do ask you all to share that experience. If this line has been a blessing to you, if Kingdom Paula has been a blessing to you, these segments have been a blessing to you, I am asking you to share your testimony and share your experience with a friend. Simply by dialing in 646-668-2413. Again, that's 646-668-2413. And we are looking forward, amen, for them to coming on here and to be empowered as well. I believe that this is a year where God is truly manifesting himself in a greater way, greater dimension. Amen. And what God is doing He's moving among his people. He's moving supernaturally. He is not doing anything that's uh, uh, that's predictable, anything that's routine. But God is now moving among his people in a supernatural way. Amen. And only those who are positioned in the things of God, those who are in tune with the frequency of heaven, are those individuals that will be able to hear what God is saying concerning his children in this season. Not only that, but God is releasing mantles, glory be to God, in this earth realm, and and he's blessing his people, hallelujah. For some people that may be going through uh, their process, God is also empowering you, and he's doing that through his word, and that's the only way we can be able to hear what God is saying is through his word, amen. And so we just want to encourage you tonight to jump on the line, amen, and to to get in tune with the sound of heaven, get in tune with the word of God, and invite someone else to come on. But that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be releasing the word of the Lord, amen, on the line tonight. uh, We're going to continue on with the topic where we left off last week. We were talking about the Davids. The Davids are coming. The Davids are coming. And we spoke about the life of David to God be the glory and how God is raising up the Davids uh, from a place of the cave, a place of the wilderness. One of the things that we mentioned last week, just to recap, is that the Davids of this hour are not necessarily being raised in churches, but God is taking them from out of the cave, from out of the wilderness places, from out of the backside of the mountain, amen, from the pulp, from the pews to the pulpit. God is now elevating his people. And just before we get into the topic tonight, I want you to invite someone again. We're on here every first and third Mondays of every month, 7 p.m. through 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the call-in number, the dial-in number is 646-668-2413. Invite a friend or as many friends as you can 
And if they need to hear this word, please ask them to join in because it's going to be a tremendous blessing on this evening. We're going to continue with the topic where we left off last week, but we're going to delve right into prayer, and then we're going to go ahead and dissect the word. The word tonight, the topic for tonight is the Davids are coming. Glory be to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I want to thank you for your grace, for your mercy for all your benefits towards us. God, there is none like you. Hallelujah, for your mercies endure forever. And God, we just want to bless you tonight. We just want to exalt you. We praise you. We lift you up. Hallelujah, because you are God and God alone. Lord God, we pray that in this time, in this season, that, Lord God, that you will do a new thing in us and through us. I pray that, Lord, you will unlock mysteries of heaven to your people, those that are seeking you diligently. I pray that, God, you will reward them with fresh insight, fresh revelation, that, Lord God, that you will do something new. For, God, surely people are looking for a true movement. People are looking, amen, hallelujah, for something new, a fresh manner, a fresh touch, a fresh anointing. God, your people want to be empowered. your people truly want to experience you in a greater way. There are so many people that are hungry for your presence. And God, you said, hallelujah, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. For God, we shall be filled. And tonight, we pray that your word will fill us, fill us the very core of our hearts, God. Hallelujah. Every empty places that those, amen, who have been feeling empty, that God, you will refresh them. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes. Hallelujah. I hear that there's a time of refreshing, that God will reset our lives in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you do something new, something supernatural for your people, God. Hallelujah. I pray that you give them the answers that they have been looking for. Glory be to God that you will speak to your people directly. Hallelujah. And Father, we bless you tonight. God, we promise to give you all the glory. We promise to give you all the honor because God is all about you. And not about us. And Father, tonight, I pray that, God, you would speak through me, that they may hear your voice, and that they would not look at the vessel, but they will hear you and uh, take heed uh, to your word. God, we pray that the reception, the lines will be clear, and that, God, God, your gospel, your message will go forth all throughout the earth as you have commissioned us to do. And right now, tonight, God, we bless you. And we thank you for this time that you have allowed us to bring forth your word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, I am excited tonight. Glory be to God. Listen, the devil is defeated. Hallelujah. He is defeated. And I want you to understand and know tonight that there are so many people that have been uh, assuring how their, their physical body has been attacked. Some people have been going through uh, uh, fatigue and, and feeling the lethargy, and I can say honestly with true transparency that I was one of those individuals. I've been having issues with my uh, my voice, amen, with my throat, and the enemy have been trying to attack my, my voice, amen, but tonight, glory be to God, I've decided that I'm going to press my way through it, that I wanted to finish up this message that we continued on from last week. So many people said that they were blessed, and so I want to say that God has the victory tonight, so please excuse me if there's anything that you want to 
allow me to repeat, I will do so. Uh, so just please bear with me. If you cannot hear me clearly, I'll, be, I'll make sure that I'll repeat whatever you did not receive. But tonight we're going to be talking about the Davids are coming. And last week it was such an empowering message. One of the things that we spoke about, as I mentioned in retrospect, that the Davids are arising, that God is raising up a generation of leaders, amen, in the earth, a generation of leaders that have the zeal of God, that have the heart of God. They are people after God's own heart, that God is raising them up. Amen. They may have been a misfit. They may have been uh, uh, displaced in the kingdom. People may have rejected them. Some people ostracized them, overlooked them. Glory to God. Some may have even been viewed as the overdog, uh, the underdog, excuse me, but God is raising up that generation of power. Pioneers, amen, pioneers, reformers, uh, individuals that truly want to see a change in the body of Christ. And yes, they may be in their infancy. Yes, they may not be acknowledged. Yes, they have gone through trivial moments in their journey. Uh, They may have gone through many backlash by dealing with different kinds of spirits and having different encounters. You may have dealt with the Goliaths. You may have dealt with the Saul's. may have dealt with, hallelujah, the rejection. You may have to contend against some Philistines uh, in your life, but God says, hallelujah, that he's raising up a generation of David that was on the backside of the mountains, the ones that goes unnoticed, amen, the ones that God was grooming for his kingdom for such a time as this, the ones that God was grooming while others were getting the praise, while others were on the platform, while others thought... Excuse me, it was about them. God, amen, is now raising up these leaders, hallelujah, that's been developed in the dark. I'm going to say that again for somebody who missed it. God is raising up leaders that have been developed in the dark, and they may not have been noticed. They may not have had that platform. They may not have had that international name that people have a tendency to gravitate towards, uh, where people want to run to uh, uh, to them to hear what God is saying uh, concerning them in their lives. And, and because they may have not had fit the status quo or been in a particular circle, hallelujah, or spirit of socialization, God, amen, is doing something different. What he's beginning to do is that he's changing the pattern of things. Yes, God is changing the patterns. Hallelujah. And so many individuals who felt that God is working one way. God is saying, hallelujah, he's shifting the pattern. There is a paradigmic shift, and now he's raising up new voices. He's anointing them, amen, for a service, for a great kingdom exploits, and he's raising them up to be kings in the land. He's raising them up to be reformers in the land, amen. And so some people may have felt that they were disqualified simply because someone didn't pat you on the back. You may have felt that you were disqualified qualified because someone didn't clap for you, someone didn't say amen when you were preaching, uh, uh, they didn't show up to support you, amen, you didn't have someone to undergird you, and God is saying amen in this season, I am doing it myself, I am shifting the order of things, yes, hallelujah, he's shifting the order of things, and, and what do I mean by that, amen, is that what men used to put in place and call it church, God is saying amen, I'm not dealing with with that kind of culture anymore, but it's all about kingdom culture. 
And these leaders that I'm raising up, amen, in the dark is where they have discovered in their voices. In the dark is where they have discovered their identity. While they were in the wilderness, they developed their skills. While they were in the wilderness, they've learned to dealt with demons and, and wrestle warfare. Hallelujah. While they were in the wilderness, God was training them all along. It was not man that was training them, but it was God training them all along and that God is raising them up now because it's the time to come forth, amen, that they've gone through the process already and now that they've gone through the process is now a time for to shift the clothing. Uh, there's a garment change, as I mentioned last time, there's a garment change. You're changing the garments now. God is changing your garments from being, hallelujah, a shepherd's boy and he's giving you now a kingly garment. He's giving you a, a priest garment, amen, so that you can begin to walk in the dominion, the authority that God has truly given you. You see, so many of you tonight that may be listening on the line tonight, people treated you like a little shepherd's boy. They felt that you were not fit uh, 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 for the description. <clears throat> They felt that you did not fit the status quo, amen, because you were wearing shepherds, shepherd boys' clothing, amen, that you smelled like sheep, that, that, that you were not the one that God could possibly, that could potentially call. Uh, 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 they believed that God did not have your name on his mind. They would believe, amen, that you were good for one job, that you were good for only for one thing, and that was to just do the job that seemed insignificant, but they didn't understand it was the insignificant job that made me significant in the kingdom. And so God is raising up those individuals that may have seemed insignificant, that may have felt that they did not have a place. God is raising the Davids up. Yes, the raid, the Davids are coming. The reformers are coming. And God is doing something, something supernatural. Amen. He has your name written down, and, 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 and he's going to make you great. He's going to make your ministry great. He's going to expand your ideas. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. He's going to expand your ideas. Hallelujah. The dreams, the visions that you have had of dreaming, of becoming a David, of becoming a king, uh, walking in authority and dominion, those dreams now are beginning to manifest. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. <clears throat> Those dreams, those dreams are manifesting. Listen, I, I, I feel such a prophetic decree tonight. I feel uh, such a prophetic anointing. Last week there was a, a teaching anointing, but tonight I feel a, a prophetic flow. And what God is saying tonight to the Davids that are arising is that he's putting new ideas in your hallelujah in your mind. He's giving you ideas to shift some things that, that's been uh, 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 in your life, some things that you felt like that they were not mobilizing, some things that you felt that were not materializing. God is putting those things in motion now. Yes, he's raising you up as a David in the land. You are the answer uh, to your region. You are the answer to your family. You you are the answer, the solution that people have been waiting for. You are that true deliverer that God... <clears throat> 
excuse me, is raising up, hallelujah, in this time to, to, to activate de- uh, destinies, to, to, to be the solution uh, to a people that are living in depravity, to a people that have been uh, looking for answers, to a people that have been frustrated and felt as though, amen, that they have been looking for a true leader, a leader that will lead by example, that will give them true direction, that will give them, navigate them through their Christian journey and show them, hallelujah, the ways of the Lord. And they have been dealing with Saul for a long time. They have been dealing with uh, oppressive spirits for a long time. And they've been dealing with man-made rules uh, uh, like Saul's. And they've been dealing with the legalism. But God is putting ideas, uh, giving you an anointing, giving you a grace, uh, hallelujah, that, that you can begin to activate the, 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 the ministry, activate your calling, activate people. Amen. In a different way that God will, that his work will be evident in the earth, that his work will be evident in the land. Who am I talking to tonight? I know that I'm speaking to someone out there that's listening. You may have said, I've had, I've got this ministry in my belly. I've got ministry on the inside of me. Uh, There's ministry embedded in me. There's ministry that I've been hearing prophetic words about over and over again. But, God, I am not seeing materializes. How long will you have me back here on the backside of the mountain? But it's time to come forth now. It's coming forth time now. And so God is speaking to those individuals. He's also speaking to individuals, amen, that pastors and leaders and, 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 and that's been praying and saying, God, amen, when will you give me the opportunity to speak to a masses of people? When would you give me the opportunity to even speak to five or even one that would even say yes to God, that God, if I am assigned to them, that God, show me where I need to go. God, show me what I need to do. But Lord, my obedience, my allegiance is to you. If you are that type of David tonight, I want you to understand that God is answering your prayers. God has heard your petitions. He's heard your decrees. Amen. It has gone forth in the ears of God. Amen. And he has made record of it. God has not forgotten you. He's doing something good, hallelujah, in the earth. But what are you doing? Are you doing your part? And as you begin to do your part, amen, you will see the manifestations of God's hands upon your life. And so God wants to raise up the David. Hallelujah. He wants to give a time out for those who are operating in the kingdom as souls and, and, and making people fall away from the faith. I'm talking about the souls, amen, that really should be nurturing people, but yet they're competing against, hallelujah, those who they are mentoring, hallelujah, because I've seen this happening, where those who are supposed to be mentoring you are intimidated by the mentee, and so God is saying, I'm shifting that, I'm putting qualified leaders now who understand who they are, they're not afraid to raise up new leaders, they're not afraid to raise up successors, people that are not afraid to come together and collaborate together in the spirit of unity to impact the kingdom. Yes, God is removing the souls, amen, that wants to have their own kingdom agenda, that have their own objective, that wants to do things their way. I'm talking about the rebellious leaders, those who are operating in the spirit of witchcraft. Yes, tonight, God, I'm talking about 
those soul leaders that mismanage the things of God, that while God is speaking to them, they decide to do things their way, that they're causing people amen, to, uh, 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 to look at God as if God is not God. He's removing those leaders. He's removing those leaders that are intimidated by God's people, amen, and what God is doing that they would decide, amen, to try to assassinate your destiny for the sake of their image. Yes, those are the leaders that God is beginning, amen, to displace, and he's raising up individuals, hallelujah, that has integrity, that has morality, that cares about the things of God, that has a passion for the things of God. Yes, they love the things of God. There's a zeal for the things of God. They have a zeal for God's people, and they are honorable. They are humble. Hallelujah. They are have the heart of God. They place God, and they acknowledge God first. Those are the individuals that God, hallelujah, is speaking to, and yes, he's laying his hand upon them, and he's gracing them, and he's favoring them, and there's going to be so many people that's going to marvel because of the Davids that are arising. They're going to say, well, wasn't this the little shepherd's boy, and how is it that all of a sudden that they have a platform. They're not going to understand how many of you have gotten from the, the place of the dungeon to a place of destiny. They're not going to understand what transition took place, what occurred in your life. But hallelujah, how many of you know that tonight is just because there has been a supernatural transference, that God has showed you favor, that God is smiling upon you now, that yes, you may have been in a place for a long time and you have been in that state of being a shepherd's boy, but the time is coming forth, yes, God, hallelujah, the time is coming forth uh, where he's going to promote you, this is a season of promotion, uh, a season where God, hallelujah, has given you visions and dreams and skills and talents and ability, uh, where God's saying that he wants you to begin to use uh, that thing which he has placed in you, uh, he has given you that blueprint, uh, and he has spoken to you, uh, and he's given you ideas, he's even spoken to many of you in dreams and visions, hallelujah, and he's given you downloads, and God wants you to begin to act upon those downloads, and as you begin to do that, you will see, hallelujah, motion, motion in your life, and glory be to God, but it's a kingdom collaboration, it's a kingdom collaboration between you and God, you have to come to the point where you make a covenant, a covenant with the things of God, and say, God, whatever it is that you want me to do, yes, Lord, I will do it in this season, I'm not going to delay it any further, but God, I am in position, yes, you see, one of the things about David, is that David was in position, he was on the back side of the mountain, now he had seven Jesse had seven sons, and though they thought they were in position, they heard that Samuel was coming. They heard that Samuel was coming to anoint the next king, and so they got all in line. They lined up themselves, and they thought that they were in position, and that's what many people are doing today. They're lining up themselves. All of a sudden that they hear that there's going to be an outpouring, they're all of a sudden lining up themselves and saying that I'm going to be the next king. I'm going to be the next anointed vessel. But what they don't understand, that God anoints people from the back. The Bible says the first shall be the last and the last shall be the first. And if you consider yourself and esteem yourself, hallelujah, as a child in the kingdom, and those who esteem themselves as a shepherd boy, one who esteemed themselves low and done the work and done the manual labor, God is saying those are the individuals that I am calling from the back to the front because they put 
in the work. They put in the time. They truly had a heart for the things of the work, the work of God. They had a heart for the things of the kingdom, not for those who just want to get from point A to point Z. Hallelujah. It just don't work like that. You've got to come to a place where you go to the A, to the B, to the C. You've got to go through the process, and that's what makes you qualified because in the spite of the process, you've learned some things. You've learned some skills. You didn't give up, and even though Samuel came, amen, to anoint, David did not exalt himself. You see, hallelujah, the sons of Jesse is just like many people today. They will exalt themselves. They will put themselves in their own position and say, look at me. I'm the one that's qualified to be the next king. But David was on the backside of the mountain continuing to do the work of the Lord. Amen. And Samuel was the one that called him. He didn't call himself. Samuel called him. God called him. And that's what God is doing. He's sending your Samuels to promote you, sending your Samuels to anoint you to say, this is a time of your exaltation. It's not those who they believe that, that that will be used of God. I know you thought it was a big voice. I know you thought it was on a big platform. I know that you thought that it was where the crowd was, but amen. How many of you know that God tonight, he doesn't necessarily anoint in the crowd. He anoints you at the place of solitude. Where are you positioned? Are you positioned like David in the place of solitude? where there was nobody else around, but you were just doing the work of God. Hallelujah. There was nobody there to acknowledge what you were doing, but you kept on doing the work of God. God is looking for that faithfulness, that loyalty. That's how he knows that you are a true David. That's how he, you approve, hallelujah, to be a true David that God has commissioned. Amen. Glory be to God. I feel such an anointing tonight, but I want to open up the lines, amen, to call us who have any questions, statements, or comments. I'm going to open up the lines every 10 to 15 minutes. Amen. I feel such a strong prophetic grace tonight. Glory be to God. Caller, you are live. If you have any questions, amen, come on here and state your questions, your statements, your comments, and get somebody on the line tonight at 646-668-2413. Again, that's 646-668-2413. Amen. Get someone on the line if they are looking to be encouraged, looking to be empowered, looking to be prayed for, looking for a word, amen, from the from the, the throne room of grace. Tonight is the night to receive this word and this grace in Jesus' name. Caller, you are live. Woman of God, good evening. Good evening. God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you tonight, men of God. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes, yes. And, and thank you for... Uh, Continuing this topic on uh, David and Saul, uh, it, it, you know, it's very. We you know, when when you think of leadership, uh, whether it's in the church or even in the world, uh, there are, there are varying agendas. I don't know if you, you mentioned this or not. Uh, you know, when I look at the life of David, he, was, he didn't live a perfect life, and but nevertheless. Um, he was still a man after God's own heart, and, and he acknowledged his shortcomings. And, you know, I was just reading how uh, uh, Michael, his uh, wife, had responded to his dancing before the Lord. Uh, his wife thought that he was dancing to be seen by other people, but, you no, know, his dancing was, and the scripture says so in uh, 2 Samuel, 
chapter 6, six that he was dancing before God. He wasn't doing it to be seen. His only motivation was to give God praise. And quite frankly, I don't think he cared who was watching. So when we, when we are anointed to do the work of God, uh, those who are truly motivated by the advancement of kingdom are not necessarily uh, 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 <coughs> performing, and I don't even like to use the word performing, because it's not a performance, this is not entertainment. What we do is, is <coughs> by the grace of God, uh, by the anointing of God, by the anointing of His, uh, by the anointing of His Holy Spirit, uh, we have been commissioned to bring this gospel. And in bringing this gospel, many of God's uh, sons and daughters have various spiritual gifts, uh, whether it be uh, 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 interpretation of tongues and prophesying, so on and so forth. Um, he has given us gifts, not that we should hoard these gifts, not that we should use these gifts to, to say, hey, look at what I can do, but merely to say, Lord, thank you that, Lord, you have moved in me, that you have thought of me, that you have considered me, that you would even think about me to, 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 as a vessel to be used. So this is not something that we should glory in. And when I look at the life of Saul, and, and you know, sometimes you know, I, I grimace in a sense where uh, Saul, who was anointed by God, uh, didn't necessarily ask for that anointing, and neither did David for that matter. But God anointed Saul for the purpose of pleasing the people, because, of, because they were calling for a king. And the people were saying, give us a king. They were calling out to, uh, to the prophet Samuel, give us a king to, 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 to rule over us. And God's permissive will uh, gave them a king. And when we look at Saul's beginning, uh, the son of Kish, uh, yes, he anointed by God. And tragically, uh, that anointing and that power and that call became so much that he began to, to, to pull away from God and really hearken to the voices of the people. And this is not what God is looking for. He's looking for people who are going to be obedient to him, who are going to follow his instruction as the prophet Samuel had given him instruction from God, and he disobeyed him, and he went his own way, and, and he did what pleased the, pleased the people. Uh, King David, on the other hand, um, had his shortcomings, and I know, uh, which I won't get into, and I'm sure uh, many of you already know. Um, but we have to understand something. There's a human aspect to this. And what David was is he had a heart that was full of repentance. We have the psalm yes. to, 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 to see from. We have, yes, Lord, I have sinned against you, but, Lord, I am asking that you would forgive me. And that is the difference when we look at the life of a Saul and we look at the life of a David. And, again, we have 150 psalms uh, to review and see and read and study and really see the heart of David, a man, again, after God's own heart, a man who had, yes, shortcomings, Yes, a man who did sin and, and acknowledged his shortcomings. So it's very important, my brothers and sisters, as, we, as God uh, uh, positions us, as we enter into uh, places of leadership, that we examine the motive. Lord, 
I do not want to do anything that is outside of your will. Let let your will be in it, because I want your perfect will, not your permissive will. And again, um, that, that's pretty much all I wanted to say. I'm going to continue to listen because I came in late, and, and I just want to continue to listen to you, when God. I just want to uh, say God bless you, and uh, I'm going to keep you in prayer. And God bless your ministry. May God continue to use you powerfully uh, in, in the area of the prophetic. And God bless you, a woman of God, and I'm going to continue to listen to you. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Man of God, thank you so much for that. Amen. And I pray tonight, hallelujah, that you all uh, will be receiving this word. Glory be to God. And I endeavored, amen, that uh, I'll come on tonight and uh, go ahead and share the word of the Lord. So I just give a brief recap of what we spoke about last week. Now, one of the things that I love, I love, absolutely love about the life of David, the Bible says that David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. And the Lord was with him. First Samuel chapter 18, verses 14. Now, I just want to talk about that verse just for a short second and for a short while before I actually go uh, uh, into the next portion of what I'm going to say, because I spoke um, about the, la- the life of David and Saul and how Saul was trying to pursue the life of David. But the Bible says that David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. One of the things that I want to say, that in order for you to be effective in your ministry, in order for God to raise you up, that it's under this premise. Now, here it is. Here it is. People feel that that when God is elevating me, God is elevating me because I am anointed. Uh, I, I want to talk to you about that tonight. People believe that God elevates them because they are anointed. Uh, God does not necessarily un- uh, elevate you because of the anointing, because after all, God is the one that gives the anointing. We are not anointed within ourselves. We cannot appoint within ourselves. Amen. And the anointing is not for us to call our own. It's God's anointing that anoints us to cause us to be anointed. Amen. And so there are people who believe that the anointing, amen, and the gift of God on their life is what makes them qualified to be in a position, qualified to be a leader, qualified to walk as a priest, a king in the earth realm. Now, now watch this. It's not so much because you believe that you are anointed, It's simply because the Bible says that David behaved himself wisely in all his ways. So one of the things that when God is going to raise you up as a David and when God is is going to use you mightily, it's simply the mere fact that because your character is intact, your attitude determines your altitude. There are some people that they are anointed, and yes, their gifts make room for them, but what happens with gifted people is that their gifts make room for them, but it doesn't keep them there. Yes, their gifts 
gets them to a certain place, uh, but it cannot allow them to expand. And, and I want to say this. I want to say this tonight because I'm going to preach a message on this very soon. But you have to allow your servant's tower to be bigger than your ego. I'm going to say that again. You have to allow your servant's tower to be bigger than your ego. If your ego is, you feel that your ego is that which is going to get you where you need to be, the devil is a liar. It's not your ego. It's nothing good that you have done. It's nothing good within us that we have done. Amen. It's not because we're so gifted or so anointed that we can dazzle ourselves in the eyes of men and we can preach like Paul. Amen. That does not fascinate God. I want you to understand that tonight, that it's about the posture of your heart. It's the humility. It's the mindset, the motive, the agenda, your zeal, your passion for the things of God that you lose yourself so much that all people see is a glory, that they no longer see men, but they, they now see God. See, God takes pleasure in that. When your character is right, even when you are going through the most trivial of moments, when you're going through some things, amen, in your life, hallelujah, and when the souls are pursuing you and people are trying to frustrate you and you're going through all these men of things and God looks at your character and says, let me see how you're going to behave. Let me see how you're going to act. You know why? Because there's a lot of people that are gifted and they go up and jack up the kingdom anyway just because they felt that their kingdom was a sustainable, uh, the, the, the gift was a sustainable source. Your gift is not that which sustains you and done a lot of people that are gifted but they're nasty and they go out there and they take a leadership position and they mess up people they mess up souls they mess up the assignment and they eventually destroy themselves because your heart wasn't right your attitude wasn't right glory be to god your 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 your, your mentality the way you look at things your perspective was off glory be to god and so god says i've got to fix your character first I have got to uh, uh, work on you first <clears throat> before you go out there and do the wrong things, before you go out there and misrepresent me. Because if you're going to be a, a true king and if you're going to be a real anointed vessel, uh, uh, you've got to represent me. That When you represent me, you've got to represent the fruit of the spirit. You've got to represent love. You've got to represent long suffering. And I know that many of us are still in the process to be Because truth be told, we have people that are 
that, that are gifted. They're more gifted and talented than you and I. Amen. They're more, uh, they're better preachers than you and I. They can preach you, hallelujah, they can preach you from now until Thy kingdom come, and they will make it sound all good, amen, and they can teach you really well, amen, but see, God is looking at the heart, it's one thing to be gifted and have no heart and be heartless, but it's another thing when you have true power, and power, it really starts from the heart, amen, and, and, and then it works through the gifting, hallelujah, because the gifting ultimately is supposed to be governed by the heart, and that's why you will ultimately do the right thing. When your heart is governing the gift, it makes you effective. But see, we've got this thing backwards. We've got people gift governing the heart. I'm going to say that again. I don't know. I just feel like preaching tonight. Glory be to God. You've got people gifting, governing the heart. And so what happened is that they feel because they're gifted, there's a sense of entitlement. They feel because they're gifted that they can treat people any kind of way. Because they're gifted, they don't necessarily have to listen to God. I'm gifted after all. People are looking at me. People are following me. I'm in a place of position. Amen. And so whenever the gifting governs your heart, that's when you know you're in trouble. But you've got to let the heart go the gift to make you effective in the kingdom. And so that's what the Bible says, that David, David and men behaved himself wisely. And even though he had the ability to retaliate, even though he had the ability Amen. And he had the right, he was justified. Amen. To, 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 uh, uh, to do to, to try to, uh, to say, well, look, God, this person did this to me, but he understood that, Lord, I'm going to leave this in your hand because watch this. This person was the same hand that you have anointed. And so guess what, Lord? I'm not going to touch your anointed. I'm going to let you deal with it. And, and when you have that mindset, Lord, hallelujah, that I am not going to take matters in my own hand, but I'm going to make sure that I'm not looking at Saul, that I'm not looking at what other people are doing, but God, what can I do to walk on the straight and narrow? Am I walking circumspect? Am I walking line upon line and precept upon precept? God, are you pleased with my life that, Lord, that when you anoint me, am I going to be a real David or am I going to be another version of a Saul? God, why, well, or what is it that you want me to do? Uh, how can I walk in the path of uh, the narrow path that you want me to walk? Am I a real representation of the kingdom? God, why am I even here? Why do I even want to be anointed? Why am I even doing all of this? Am I doing it because I want people to see me? Am I doing this because I want to be the next big voice or the next anointed vessel But God? Or am I doing this because I want to be a people, a person, a vessel that's used by you, that a great impact can happen, and you can only do that through an honorable vessel. You can only do that do a vessel that's pure. And that's what we need to talk about again in the body of Christ. Vessels that are pure. Vessels that are honorable. Vessels that are integral. I'm not talking about people that are gifted, but they live in any kind of way. And they feel that they can get away with it because you've got a little church. Because you've got a mega church. Because people are following you. You've got a little bit of following. All of a sudden you believe that your, your ego can be bigger than God. Glory be to God. And that's the mistake that we make. Uh, uh, the moment we get a little name, 
we feel that our pride and our ego can be bigger than God. And so I'm going to remind us again that let your servant's towel be, be bigger than your ego. In fact, when you are serving God, we're supposed to relinquish ego. We're supposed to relinquish all pride and saying, God, here I am. Teach me to be an honorable vessel before you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so he said, he said he behaved himself wisely. He says that he had good self-control, and the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. It doesn't mean because you're anointed means that God is with you. See, Saul was anointed, but after a while, God was no longer with him. So not because you're gifted or anointed means that the presence is still present. It's when you behave yourself wisely in all your ways. No, in all God's ways, and the Lord will be with you. And when God is with you, he teaches you, uh, uh, this is how I want you to be my son. This is how I want you to be my daughter. This is how you represent me. This is, uh, uh, and that's what makes you really anointed. Don't tell me you're anointed because you're a good preacher. Don't tell me you're anointed because you've got a big church. That doesn't mean you're anointed. It doesn't mean because you can hoop and holler and skip and shout and jump that you're anointed. That, no, 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 no. That's lunacy. That does not make you anointed. What makes you anointed is because you are following the ways of the Lord. That's when he approves of you. That's when he will be with you. And so, and so the Bible says that though David was throwing his javelins of, of jealousy, uh, uh, the kingdom was already transferred to David because David had a better, a better way of doing things. He was <clears throat> more honorable. He was a more honorable vessel. And so the Bible says it's from that time on, <clears throat> excuse me, that Saul kept a jealous eye on David. A jealous eye on David. Uh, do you know that, hallelujah, that there are many people that they will keep a jealous eye on you is not so much because of, uh, 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 of what you have, but it's the fact that they know that the Lord is truly with you. They know that the Lord is with you. And guess what? David was still he has not yet walked in his full, uh, 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 full uh, king, uh, kingly position, and, and he didn't—he wasn't even who he was yet. But David, Saul was giving him the jealous eye, and so that's what I'm going to show you. That is not because you do anything spectacular. It's because they know that the Lord is with you, and that tonight, my friends, will invite jealousy. It will invite people to hate you, people to look at you in such a way and say, why is it that God's hands and God's glory is upon that one? It's because you, your heart, your heart, it's something that we need to teach today in the body of Christ. Stop telling people that, oh, because you're so anointed that God is going to bless you. No, you can be anointed and still be rejected by God. Tell people to get their hearts right, to, to, to have a servant's heart. What is, your, what is your posture? 
And see, that's what we need to teach people is posture. Don't teach them about platforms. Forget the platforms. Teach me posture. Don't teach me platforms. Teach me posture. How is it I should be postured in the presence of God? That, that would make God look upon me and say, I want to anoint you. It's a privilege, my friends. It's nothing that we could have done that God will look upon something like a dust, the dust that we are, the, the, the dust that we are, the filthy rag that we are made of, that God will say, I, I want to take this filthy rag and I want to cleanse it. I want to take this dust and, and I want to make it and use it for my glory. God, what is the posture that I'm supposed to have? Not as what is the platform I need to have. What is the posture I need to have? We've got to get this message right. And, and so he was jealous. He was jealous of David because of his posture and, and because of the great victories that he saw that was made evidential in, in David's life. And he began to kill 10,000, the Bible says, and, and he began to take down the great army of the Philistines, and he began to take down the Goliath, and he recognized that he was skilled, and he recognized that he was called by God, and he recognized that David was his replacement, and he recognized that he was more integral than I am, and he recognized that David was a praying man, and David was a man that gave God the praise at all time. And though he was not perfect, but David was a man after God's own heart. Now, what can I do to be like David? How is it that I'm the king, but I want to be like David? How is it that I'm the king and, and I am the ruler, but I am not half as anointed as this one? Because I, I, I I want to really be like David. I'm insecure, and, and, and though I have the position, but I don't have his posture. And, and see, that's why people will hate you. you. They will have the position, but they don't have your posture. And so all the while, you don't even know that they are secretly resenting you. They are secretly begrudging you because deep down inside, they don't know who they are. They're insecure. They, they, they got this big ego, but they're hiding behind the mask of insecurity. They're not as transparent as you are. Uh, they're, they're not uh, uh, the one that would truly want to serve, but they want to be served. They, they can't handle certain things, and, and they see that God is using you. God is really raising up David, and I'm no longer going to be in the spotlight. I'm no longer going to be the one that people hell. Well, you see, that's the problem. When you are looking for people to recognize you, that's the mistake that we make as leaders. When you are looking for people to recognize you and you look for their affirmation, I'm telling you right now, if you are looking for the affirmation, you will die from their waiting for their acceptance. But David understood that I am not looking for a pat on the back. I'm not looking for brownie points. As long as I am in the will of God and God is being glorified, that's all that matters to me. My friends, we have approximately one hour left. I'm going to open up the lines for any questions, statements, or comments. I have, you can have five minutes. You can speak. And at 8 o'clock, I'm going to begin to talk about dealing with satanic evil arrows, Saul's javelin. Amen.
And I'm going to be talking about that right after I open up the line. So call you alive if you have any questions, statements, or comments. God bless you. Hello, woman of God. Hi, God bless you. God bless you, and, and thank you so much for this. Uh, as you're talking, I'm just taking down notes uh, with regards to what you're saying regarding David's posture. Uh, you know, when we really look at this, it was David's posture that really pricked at the pride of Saul in a sense where here's uh, here here's this shepherd boy, this young man, and there was something, as you said, and I think you, you had uh, alluded to this earlier, that Saul recognized. Scripture doesn't talk about it, but, but I want to go a little bit more in depth. Um, that Saul recognized that there was something unusual about this young man, something that, as you said, he lacked. And perhaps Saul recognized what a king really should look like. And he saw that in David. He saw, as you said, the posture. He saw this, the, this, servitude, uh, he saw the, the, this nature of this man. And, and when we think about David, and I just want to uh, go back to his early years when he was tending sheep, uh, which helped prepare him for kingship. And when we examine his early years, when we look back at when he was tending sheep, Tending sheep is not a very easy assignment. It's a very, actually, nasty assignment. Uh, yes. it's, it's a very demanding assignment. I've, now, I've never tended sheep, so don't think that I'm, I'm, you're talking to a former sheep herder. I know you're not. But from what I know, uh, based on study and, and what, have, what some people have shared with me regarding this, is that this is a very nasty assignment. You're, 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 you're stepping in sheep dung. Uh, uh, it, the, the sheep can be very dirty. In fact, they are mm-hmm. dirty, and and they're very stubborn at times. They 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 they, they go off. They go astray, and and you got to bring them back in. And and sometimes you know you, you have to use a, a a a staff in order to to bring them back into alignment. And this can be a very tiresome uh, 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 job, if you will. And it's not easy. And so, therefore, when I look at what David did as a youth to where, again, when we're talking about the Lord eventually elevating him to a place where he is now leading people, um, really, I can't think of a better place because in a lot of ways, uh, human beings are a lot like sheep. Uh, we have our rebellious ways. We have our way. We have our. We at times we we stray off. We do our own thing. At times we're dirty in a sense where where uh, uh, we're, we're 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 caught up in sin and rebellion and witchcraft and all sorts of uh, issues. And we have to know how to deal with people. We have to be willing to want to step in other people's mess. We have to be willing to want to roll up our sleeves and deal with the many complex issues that concern people. And for David, in that time uh, in history, uh, that was very much his classroom. That was very much his uh, education, if you will. 
says, okay, I'm going to, you're going to be out there tending to sheep, and it's going to be a very dirty environment. It's not going to be glamorous, uh, but it's going to prepare you, uh, thank God, for what God is doing in his life now when he's going to have to deal with multitudes, when he's going to have to deal with personalities. And, you know, as, as you said earlier, as we talked about, yes, uh, David, a, a man after God's own heart, a man who was repentant, a man who acknowledged his sin, and, and, and in fact, shared, and said to Nathan the prophet, he said, uh, I have sinned against the Lord. So m- many of us are too prideful to admit our wrongdoing. Many of us yes. will not say to God that, Lord, I've sinned against you, Lord. I've not done the right thing, and, and I've gone astray from, from what you have called me to be. And it's amazing, and you see the spiritual warfare in that. You you see the pride of Saul, that spirit of pride, uh, uh, warring against that character, warring against that godly nature of King David. And you can see even in that the the the, the clash, if you will, the javelin throw, uh, uh, that warfare. And and this is very very real. This is very real. And. Uh, there's something else I wanted to share. It, it left me. Um, forgive me. I'm sure it'll come back later, uh, hopefully before the program is over. And yeah, you mentioned uh, Saul had a jealous eye on David. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, mind you, David was not officially in a in a position of power. And forgive me if uh, you said that earlier. I believe you did, but he was not yet in a position. Of, so why are you jealous of someone who? You're over. You have rulership over right. this individual, but yet you're fearful of them. Why? Is there something in them? Is there an inadequacy, as Come you on. said, in, in yourself that you feel fearful of someone who you have uh, a rulership over? Uh, so right there, that tells you: Are you really ready for leadership? Because you're, and even if that person, instead of being fearful or jealous, envious of that individual, what about saying, you know what, there's something special about this person, so special. I think I can use the gift in this particular person to elevate the ministry, to elevate the kingdom. So I'm going to keep this person close by because, you know what, there's something here. There's something that the kingdom of God can use versus saying, you know what, I don't like you. In fact, I'm going to throw a job at you, and, and I, I consider you a threat to what I'm trying to accomplish here. So we must examine ourselves. Is there any inadequacies in me that would cause me to see the spiritual gifts in someone else that I may not have to the point where now I want to throw a javelin at them, where now I want to criticize them or make them feel less than? So right there that tells you, uh, Saul, anointed, yes anointed indeed by the permissive will of God because the people called they, they called for a king and that's what they got and God gave them what they wanted. They asked for it, they got it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see we see the difference between what is the perfect will and what is the permissive will. And quite frankly, uh, when we look at Saul, Saul, Saul and 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 his life and and his uh, kingship, all it did was just elevate David. All it did was actually prepare David for 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 kingship. Because what do I mean by that? David could have easily retaliated against 
King Saul. But the heart of David would not allow him to do that because he knew that, again, this is God's anointed. I will not do that. So mm-hmm. by Saul wanting to kill David, by Saul wanting to, to, to harm David and becoming <laughs> jealous of David, all that did was elevate David even more. Not that he had to be in the eyes yeah. of God. He was mm-hmm. already elevated. God already knew who he was dealing with. So don't, I, I don't want this to seem like, okay, this is some new revelation that God had received regarding King David. No, God already knew. But what we see is the behavior of Saul actually possibly, possibly, there's no biblical proof to support this, sped up the process to now move David into a place of kingship. So that's all I wanted to say. So thank God for Saul, because we need the Sauls of the world to now push us into our destiny. We need the Sauls of the world to expose uh, the nature of the individuals who are around us, that we will mm. begin to see that, mm, you know, mm, okay, I, I respect this person because this, person's is God, this person is God's anointed, but mm, there's another spirit that's in operation here. So it's the Sauls of the world, it's the spirit of, the, uh, of Saul which helped to elevate, which helped to, again, shed light on what is, God, what is of God and what is not of God. God bless you. I'm going to continue to listen. This is a great subject. Amen, man of God. Thank you so much for that uh, insight and uh, that revelation is truly, truly a blessing. And, and you did say something that I believe that was very profound. Uh, you mentioned uh, what is it that's in the, uh, the individual that you would want to try to stop them. And, and that's a clear indication that you are anointed because nobody becomes threatened by something that's not anointed. Amen. And so oftentimes uh, the sabotage is really a setup. Now, a lot of people may believe that, hey, look, I'm having a leadership or there are particular people that is trying to sabotage me. They're trying to sabotage my destiny. Uh, They're trying to uh, stop me. I don't understand why they're jealous of me. Maybe they're envious of you, and I, I, I just can't explain it. Listen, the reason why that happened is because the sabotage is a setup. It's a setup because, why am I saying it's a setup? It's a setup simply because that's what helps to propel you into your purpose. Unless you have been sabotaged, you don't know what it really means to be anointed unless you have to deal with the soul. You don't really know what it means to be anointed if you didn't come uh, uh, encounter your Goliath, if you haven't encountered uh, the devil uh, using more motivating people to attack you and just trying to tarnish your integrity, trying to destroy you, trying to kill you. If you have never been assaulted by an enemy, you are not truly anointed. There's nothing in you that intimidates them because, you see, the enemy is intimidated by who's ranked. They look for ranking. They look for those who are truly anointed, and they assault only that which is anointed. And so you have to use that as an indication and saying, wait a minute, maybe they're helping me to discover something in me that I don't see that's in me. I'm going to say that again. Maybe they're seeing something in me that I don't know that's in me. They're helping you to discover who you really are. You see, oftentimes, if you really want to know who you are, just listen to what your enemies are saying about you. I'm going to repeat that again. If you don't necessarily know 
who you are. Just listen to what your enemies are saying about you and look at what they're trying to do concerning you. Just look exactly how they are attacking you. Then you will know, oh, wow, well, wait a minute. This, obviously, it's in that area where I am blessed the most. If you are being attacked in your finances, just know that God has probably has you to be a financer of the kingdom. If you know that you are being attacked in your ministry, uh, just perhaps uh, God is blessing you to be that that next person, that great voice that God is raising up. Uh, if you are being attacked in your body, just maybe you have a great healing anointed. Just look where the enemy is attacking you, and that is a clear indication that's where you have been anointed the most. And so really, it's an indication, it's a navigation to help you to discover who you are, even when you don't know who you are. You see, David just thought, okay, well, I'm being anointed by Saul, you know, Samuel, excuse me, being anointed by Samuel. Okay, I know I'm going to be a king. It's just like many of us hear prophetic words today. And we hear all these great prophetic words, and but a part of you is saying, well, God, is it really going to happen to me? Why would you choose me? And, and we don't really take it to heart. But not until we begin to see the attack, then you're saying, wait a minute, maybe there's something in me that I need to protect. Maybe there's something in me that God has spoken that I didn't quite take seriously. And so your enemies oftentimes see before you can. And that's why Saul was trying to throw the javelins. And so that's what's going on with many individuals today. Uh, there are some people that are dealing with Saul's javelin. What do I mean by Saul's javelin? I want to take this uh, uh, and look at it in a different perspective. I'm going to dissect this in a different spectrum. Uh, uh, that oftentimes Saul's javelin in the realm of the spirit is like dealing with satanic evil arrows. I'm going to say that again. Saul's javelin is like dealing with satanic evil arrows. Uh, uh, because these arrows are assigned to your life to destroy you in some way. They're assigned, they are thrown by individuals who are coming up against your purpose. They are thrown by individuals that are motivated by the enemy, being used by the enemy to destroy you in some form or fashion. And so the Bible says in 1 Samuel 18:11, it says, And Saul cast the javelin. For he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice, which means that he did not have the ability to affect David in any way. So I'm going to stop right there for one moment just to remind you that even when there are satanic arrows being thrown your way, when souls are throwing arrows your way, when uh, 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 evil leadership is throwing javelins your way, and you are avoiding it, you are escaping it, it's simply because God is with you. And the Bible says in verses 12, it says, and Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. 
my God. See, that's where it came in. That's where the problem came in because, wait a minute, all of a sudden I was getting the attention. All of a sudden I was killing my 10,000s my 10, and people were applauding me and people were looking to me as that leader. But now that the Spirit of God is no longer in me and departed from me and I'm no longer the center of attraction, but it's this vessel, God, why did you make, why did you have a change of mind? Now, watch this. It's not that God necessarily just changed, decided to change his mind, but it was the attitude of Saul that created that issue. And it says, Therefore Saul removed him from him and made him captain over a thousand, and he went and came in before the people. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself wisely, he was afraid of him. Do you know sometimes that those people who are assaulting you are afraid of you? And here we are, don't even know the authority that we have. We're afraid of them. We're afraid of their attacks. We're afraid of what people may say about us. We're afraid of the witchcraft that they may cast upon us, but really they are afraid of us. And so we've got to understand, really, your enemies are afraid of you. So why should you even be afraid of them? And it says in this particular passage, uh, right, it says, we see King Saul uh, pursuing the life of David, right? And there was an evil spirit was on Saul. And his jealousy and his anger, it kindled against David because of the anointing upon his life. And David was able to escape the ferocious attack that he has been through. Now, have you ever been there where you've been in a similar situation when someone has attempted to pursue your life without a cause? Uh, are you saying that, well, I was just doing what I know to do. I was just on the back side of the mountain. Maybe you were sitting in the pews in the church and you were minding your own business. You didn't even know that God was trying to call you next. You didn't even know that you were next in line for promotion. You didn't even know that the hands of God was upon your life. You was just being obedient. But here it is now, uh, somebody's attempted to pursue your life without a cause. They, they just want to destroy you. Uh, perhaps uh, uh, they have tried to sabotage you in some way or the other and they have plotted against your life for your demise so that you will become a failure. They're saying that if I throw my javelins at you, it will cause you to be a failure. Then guess what? Now uh, people can continue to see me. Uh, and now uh, what am I saying to you tonight? I'm not sure of what javelins that might have been thrown your way, but I want to remind you tonight that every satanic arrow that have been designed to pierce you, it will not penetrate you. I'm going to say that again for somebody who missed it. Those arrows that were designed to pierce you will not penetrate you. Amen. And if you want your enemies to be subdued, hallelujah, you're only required to do one thing, and that's to behave yourself wisely. Uh, God will finalize the rest. The Bible says, amen, that stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Don't Try to fight fire with fire. Don't throw javelin for javelin. Don't even do a thing because in doing so, glory be to God, when you do that, now you can't 
You cannot allow God to defend you. But when you holistically give God the issue, when you're saying, God, now this person is pursuing me without a cause, now they're, they're, they're motivated by the enemy to throw evil arrows at my way. Maybe people are trying to curse you. Maybe people are trying to cast spells on you. Maybe they tried to do witchcraft against your life. They spoke against you. They, they cursed your name. They lied on you. They accused you. Listen, all you need to do is just behave yourself wisely because those satanic arrows they will not penetrate you they will not destroy you they cannot sabotage you amen in fact they cannot contend against you when you are in the will of God and so now let me give you some ideas of what evil arrows are uh, what satanic evil arrows are and what uh, uh, Saul's javelins are Arrows of witchcraft that's fired against you. Have you ever had arrows of witchcraft fired against you? Maybe uh, uh, you felt great at one moment, but all of a sudden now you're being attacked in your mind. You're being attacked uh, uh, in your finances. You're being attacked uh, in different areas. That's how you know that you've been attacked by evil arrows because there's witchcraft against your life so that you can never amount to anything that you can have dreams and visions, but they never materialize, <laughs> excuse me, into anything. That's how you know that evil arrows of, are being thrown at you. Uh, maybe you are dealing with arrows of financial drought and poverty. That's another evil arrow. See, uh, people look at Saul's javelin to be a javelin uh, because he was going, David was going to be the next king. No, there are different forms of javelins that Saul would throw at at you. It would be arrows to destroy your finances so you can be in a financial drought and poverty. You you have uh, arrows of spiritual barrenness and stagnation. There are people that deal with arrows of wickedness, uh, incantation, ill-spoken words, word curses, enchantments, charms. Uh, all these kinds of arrows of wickedness are different types of arrows. Now you also have arrows of destruction where it's designed to frustrate your destiny. Uh, uh, arrows of rejection. Let me stop right there. Arrows of frustration against your destiny. There are a lot of people that start off ministry. They start off well. They have great zeal, great passion. Uh, and you say that you're going to do a few things. But here it is. You start, but you're never able to finish it. <clears throat> You're starting, but you're never able to finish it. Uh, 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 you're not seeing uh, the manifestation that God has promised you in your life, and you're asking God, well, wait a minute, what's going on? You, you promised me this thing, but now I'm beginning to see satanic delays. Listen, those are arrows designed to frustrate your destiny so that you can never get there, that you will work hard and you will toil and you will labor, but you never amount to who God has called you to be. Those are arrows that are designed to Excuse me, frustrate your destiny. Then you have arrows of rejection that are everywhere you go that you're always being rejected. When really you're supposed to be at a place of leadership. It seems like people don't understand you. People uh, misinterpret you. People look at you a certain way. Uh, they don't see you for who you are. They don't want to acknowledge who God has called you to be. It's just something about you that just say, you know, I, I don't want to be close to this one. They will start off with you well. 
but all of a sudden they will just disappear on you. They don't want to invest in your life. They don't want to have anything to do with you. They don't want to come in agreement with you. They don't want to partnership with you. They don't want to covenant with you. Uh, they are your friends one moment, the next moment they become enemies or they become distant. They're no longer speaking to you. These are arrows of rejection. Then you have arrows of divination, witchcraft, and arrows of affliction where your life is afflicted as Job. It's just seem to be an ongoing repeated cycles that you're going through. And then last the last arrow that I want to talk about that soul spirits will throw at you are 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 arrows of satanic carpentry. Now, I I know people may say, well that sounds a little unorthodox, but you have individual that are like satanic carpenters. What do I mean by that? They are builders of destruction. I'm going to say that again. They are builders of destruction. They build evil altars against your life, against your destiny. There are people that are literally witches and warlocks that will build literal altars or spiritual altars just for your destruction. Those are what I call satanic carpenters. They will build satanic coffins so that they can bury you and bury your virtue, just so that you won't make it in life. These are arrows of Saul, and it's simply derived from jealousy. They're derived from because they know that you're anointed. It's derived from because they know that God has chosen you and anointed you to do something great. Amen. That your name, God is going to make your name great for his glory. That uh, that they see that the manifestations of God and the promises of God is true in your life. And they see your posture, and so they will design Things just so that you will never amount to anything. These are workers of iniquity. These are workers of wickedness. And they are assigned to each and every one of us. And you may not even know who those people are. Some of you know who they are. Others, you may not know who they are. You probably would have started out with them well. And then all of a sudden, uh, the relationship goes left. And guess what? Guess what? The enemy is no respect of a person. He will use anybody. He will use your children, your spouse. He will use your very pastor. He will use uh, people at your job, your boss. He will use uh, family members. He will use friends, whoever he can use to motivate destruction against your life. He will do it by all means necessary. And so it is imperative that we learn the art of warfare. It is imperative that we model the life of Christ and also model the life of David and how he dealt with opposition, how he dealt with the sabotage. Amen. And so the Bible says he behaved himself wisely. Even Jesus himself took that approach. Amen. He, he behaved himself wisely in a civil manner, knowing that God was in full control. And so we have to pray against the evil altars and, and, and the evil satanic arrows that is launched against our life. Because I tell you the truth, there are arrows that are launched against our life every day. And you may not know what those arrows are. One moment you may get up in the morning and you may say, wait a minute, why am I feeling so down and depressed? Those are arrows. You may find that your day is just seem to be going bad. Those are arrows. You may find that uh, uh, there's 
things happening in your life and everything is going downhill, those are arrows. Things are unexplained, a supernatural phenomenon that things are just happening and you're like, God, what's going on in my life? Those are arrows that we need to cast down, that we need to destroy by prayer, amen, and trusting in the Lord and asking the Holy Spirit to show us what can I do to get rid of the arrows of destruction that is pursuing, pursuing me. So, amen, tonight what I'm going to do, I'm going to open up the lines for any questions, statements, or comments. And if you have any, please uh, state it now. Caller, you are live. We have approximately about 20, excuse me, about 40 more minutes. So I'm going to open up the lines, and then I'm going to close the lines at 830 so that we can uh, go right back into the topics and give you some characteristics of a soul spirit. So, caller, you are live. God bless you. God bless you, woman of God. Hi, God bless you. Hi. Um, you know, when I look at this, uh, I was just reading in First uh, Samuel chapter 16, uh, which spoke about an evil spirit that had troubled Saul. And, you know, what, what's really amazing or fantastic about this, uh, Saul had uh, sent messengers to David's father um, why? Because this, this David was known as a mighty, valiant man. A scripture says, a man of war and, and prudent in matters, and a comely person. And more importantly, the Lord was with him. So Saul had summoned for David, and when David stood before Saul, uh, there was something about David that Saul connected to. He found favor immediately in his sight, and David had a gift. Uh, he he played a harp. He played an instrument. And yes. it came to pass, as the scripture says, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took a, uh, a harp, and he played with his hand, so Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. So, um, I liken this to what many uh, men and women of God are going through today. Uh, oh, and mine, oh, and I didn't include this as well. Uh, Saul had made uh, David his armor bearer. So mm. not only did he receive favor from the sight of the king, but he now had a position within that king's kingdom. And he prayed, he he played the harp, and this, uh, he was delivered from this evil spirit. And, you know, a lot of us today are in positions where we are armor bearers, where we have a position next to that particular leader. And once that leader begins to see that God is with you, now, mind you, this person has been faithful to the leadership. Um, oh. uh, this person has prayed for the man or woman of God, has even possibly even uh, 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 participated in deliverance, as in the case of Saul and David in First uh, Samuel 16. He was re King David, uh, excuse me, not King, but David at the time was responsible for Saul's deliverance. So what am I saying? There are people who are going to hate you over time. Now, it won't happen right away. It may not happen right away, or it may happen right away, but there's a slow, gradual, I'm saddened to, I'm saddened to say, a deterioration oh. because there's something in you 
okay? Now, mind you, you're close with this person. Why are they so fearful that, oh, this person and the influence, they hear comments like, wow, uh, so-and-so cast out more demons by the deliverance. And, boy, did you see the end? Boy, did you see how, how spirit-filled uh, when this person began to exhort, when this person began to pray, uh, deliverance came, God, God was glorified, people received healing, and then all of a sudden your leader, okay, who has authority over you, all right, now will become, now will uh, begin to get jealous because they see that, wow, this person can cast out more demons than this person healed more people than, my goodness. Instead of saying, to God be the glory. Thank what great things he has done. We're in a competition, folks. I'm just going to get right to it. Here. Mm, that's right. We, this, 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 we, we, we're in competition. This has become entertainment. This is not, in many cases, it's not about kingdom. It's about how anointed you are. It's about mm. how well you pray. It's about how many, it's about how many demons come out of people, okay, when, 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 when you pray in the name of Jesus. And, and, Tragically, there are people that get jealous over this sort of thing. Don't you care about the individuals uh, that, that have been set free? Don't you care about their freedom? Don't you care about their wellness? Don't you care about their destiny and their purpose? That now that that God used this particular individual, okay, to do it. Is it all about you? Oh, that's and right. That's what it has become. That's what it has become. It's all about you. It is all about. How people perceive you, yes, David killed, yes, Saul killed his thousands, <laughs> David killed his ten thousand. He didn't like that, he didn't like that crack. He was very offended mm. by that. And, and I'm here to say, would like to say, there are people who are offended by that even today. They say, yeah, that's right. I don't pray like you. I'm not as anointed as you However true or false that may be, why is that significant? All that does is feed demons of inadequacy and rejection. Oh, I'm not as good as this person. Oh, I'm not. Uh, I, 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 I don't. I'm not a prophet. I'm not as good prophesying as this person. Uh, laying hands. Uh, I, I'm sorry. We, we are not. And this is why people don't want to come to church. This is why people say the church is not unified. And I and in many cases I agree because we are in competition with one another. Mm-hmm. And this is just another example of that. I saw saw David as a competition. He saw him as a threat to 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 his kingdom and he wanted to destroy him. But David didn't see that. So um, there are individuals that are not prepared for leadership. There are individuals who are not seeing uh, uh, this individual uh, because guess what? There's going to come a time when when Saul is not going to be king anymore. He says, you know what? I see my mantle being passed on to David. I see a shift in leadership. Uh, I, I see something in the, in the supernatural that God is doing. And you know what? Who am I to interfere with that? So I say, Lord, if you're using uh, this young man, okay, to where eventually I will have to pass this mantle on to him, to God be the glory for that, great things he has done, and let this be for the furtherance of your kingdom instead of becoming jealous. Uh, you know, mm. it saddens me. It really does. A lot of leaders are not 
prepared to pass the mantle on. They think they're going to hold on to this thing forever. They think when they mm. die, it's, it's going to go with them. No, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're foolish to think that. When you die, no, God will find somebody else to do the work. Ministry doesn't begin and stop with you. That's right. It doesn't begin and, start with, it doesn't begin and end with you. Excuse me. So I, we, we're very selfish. We think, okay, it's all about me, Lord, and I don't care how many anointed people are around me. I'm going to ignore them. This is all about me so I can bask in this glory and, and, and forget about when that day comes when I'm no longer able physically. There came a time. Did, did Eli, the prophet Eli, there came a time when okay, his eyesight became poor. And guess what? Eventually, that mantle went from Eli to the prophet Samuel. All right, so... And there comes a time, in the case of Elisha, yes, Elisha, the mantle passed from Elisha to Elisha. So there's going to come a time, folks. I just want to make a long story short, woman of God. I'm so sorry to take uh, a lot of your time. But this jealousy and envy within the kingdom must stop. Otherwise, again, all we're doing is creating room for evil spirits, okay, to now come in and, and, and to sit in places where they should not be. And this is where the confusion comes in, and that is not kingdom. God bless you, woman of God. I'm going to continue to listen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you so much for that, man of God. And <clears throat> the points you shared were very valid uh, and very um, very helpful. Uh, one of the things I, I – one of the key words that you use that I, I just kind of want to expound on is mantle. And uh, you also mentioned something in reference to jealousy. And, yes, uh, competition and jealousy is very, very prevalent. Uh, not only through in the churches, but in many places, and it should not be so. Uh, we're supposed to complete one another and not compete with one another. Again, we're supposed to complete one another and not compete with one another. And, and, and one of the things I love that you said is about the mantle. And as I began to assess the scripture that while you were talking, um, I, I looked at the difference between um, Saul and Elisha. You see, Elisha understood that when I go up, this mantle is going to be passed on. And any time we take ownership of the mantle and we become selfish with the mantle, that's when we go wrong. We go wrong when we begin to take ownership of the mantle. Remember, the mantle that's on our lives is only for an assigned time. It's only assigned and then after our assignment is up, it's passed on. It's mm-hmm. passed on. And, and so when we become selfish with that mantle, that's when all the backlash happens, and that's what happened with Saul. He, it was time to give it up. <laughs> and so he wanted to take ownership of it, but he felt that he was entitled to it. Mm-hmm. But the, when you look at Elijah's leadership, it dramatically uh, was different from Saul's leadership. Elisha actually trained Elisha. Mm. He trained him. He was not intimidated to train him. That's right. Because he knew that time was elapsing, that that, that, that my my moment of having this mantle, I'm going to have to relinquish it. 
there is another a level of ascension. And that's what we have to begin to realize. When you are Elijah, there's another level of ascension that you mm. have to get to. So when you don't want to release the mantle, you are actually holding yourself back. Come on. I'm going to say that again because some leaders need to hear this. Yeah. When you are in Elisha, the Bible says Elisha was taken up. Elisha has utilized that mantle. Let's put it this way. He maximized that mantle. And he utilized it in such a way that it was his time for ascension. So what happened is that now he began to ascend, but he went to a whole another dimension and realm he that he had to access. This realm was a different unknown realm beyond what was known that when he had the mantle. And when he had the mantle, there was some, uh, some uh, things that they've seen within that realm. But he accessed a new realm, an unknown realm. So he understand, okay, this is my time of graduation. I must ascend. And as I ascend, oh, my God, hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Wow. He understood Lord, that if yeah. he ascend, if I carry this mantle with me when I ascend, then oh guess God. what? I am restricting myself to this plain field. But if I release the mantle, I can go higher. Come on. And while the mantle is released, it falls upon someone else, and that's their elevation. So you, when you release your mantle, that becomes somebody else's elevation, and then you also Thank elevate. You. So we're all going up. Come on. It's an onward, upward mobility. But if Thank you're you. holding on to the mantle, guess what? That's all you're going to know. And even oh. Jesus understood that principle. Jesus himself did that. Jesus Thank said, it is expedient that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the comforter shall not come. So he says, okay, you know what? Well, guess what? I have another dimension that I have to get access. I am going to sit at the right hand of the Father. But I'm going to send my comforter. And guess what? I'm not intimidated. I'm going to raise up my disciples, and I'm leaving the comforter with you. The comforter was the, the, the apostles' mantle. Please catch that. Please write that down. The comforter, the Holy Spirit that came was the apostles' mantle so that they can continue on with the work. And he says, it is expedient that I access another dimension. Because when I go to that dimension, then when you finally get to that place, I can show you what that dimension is. We all can just stay here. And so that's what we need to realize. Release the mantle. It's not yours to own. It's not that we should have a sense of entitlement to it. And so Elisha understood that. I'm just kind of deviating a little bit. Elisha understood that and said, I'm going to release it to Elisha. And he said, and if you can see it, then you can have it. That's the mindset we need to have. We need to prepare people. Uh, Dr. Miles Marone said something so prolific. He said, you are a great leader when you can leave successors. Moses mm. had his Joshua. Elisha, Elijah has his Elisha. Uh, uh, Paul had his Timothy. We also want the Bible. You saw that they said, okay, I'm going to leave this work so that you can do a greater work. We cannot be selfish in this. But Saul, on the other hand, 
He did not want that to go to David. And so here are some characteristics. We have approximately 20 minutes left. Here are some characteristics of a Saul spirit. Uh, A Saul spirit does its best to suppress the advancement of the next level prophetic voices. So it does not want to allow those who are prophetic voices to go forth, right? And so you'll find that, as we just mentioned, that it does, it does not want to release emerging leaders. Uh, a, a soul spirit will have leaders and, and people who they know that's ready and seasoned within their church, but they're not ready to release them. They will let you sit there for years and years and years to serve under them when really uh, uh, you, you have already graduated from that. And I've heard this great man of God said, another a great friend of mine actually said this today, and I thought it was so powerful what he shared, and I'm going to share with you tonight. He said, you have to know when your time of graduation has come. He says, we are actually, we're actually asking permission from people who should be asking permission from us. <laughs> and I just thought that was so powerful. You're giving them instruction and you're asking them for permission, but really, because you've graduated from a whole other level, they're supposed to be asking your permission for certain things. And so what if, what, what's happening now is that you are now instructing your leader. You're instructing them. You're teaching them, and really your leader is supposed to be teaching you. So you have to know when your time of graduation has come. Stop when you find that you have become the smartest person in your room, you're in the wrong room. What do I mean by that? Not meaning that you have outsmart everybody, but when you have okay. gone to another place in the okay. things of God, you know when you can no longer be in that capacity. Now because that place becomes a confinement. That place where you once used to feel comfortable, it now will become a confinement when you have grown up. Thank you, Lord. And so here it is, uh, a soul spirit will suppress the advancement of the next prophetic voices. They don't like prophetic voices. They, they don't like that. They don't, don't want them to emerge. Uh, soul leaders, they fight for influence. They fight for prestige and spotlight. Uh, but David leaders, they fight for the presence, prophetic, purity, and kingdom exploits. That's the difference. Soul leaders fight for influence and prestige and the spotlight. That's what they care about. But the David leaders, they fight for presence, the prophetic and purity. Now, here's another characteristic of a Saul-like spirit. Saul spirits typically make rash decisions. When when God had given uh, uh, Saul instructions uh, uh, to kill all the Amalekites and to get rid of the Amalekites and, and, and the king, Agog, I believe his name was, uh, he did not do that. He began to make his own decisions. Saul leaders make their own decisions. They do not consult with the Holy Spirit. They don't talk to God about it. They don't say, God, what is it that you want me to do? They're not governed by God's instructions. They take matters into their own hand. Uh, uh, if they're leading a church, they will lead the church their way, how they want to do it, their own man-made rules. They will have legalistic rules. They, they set up their own structure and own foundation rather than asking God or elect their own people. Rather than asking God, God, who should I put in position? God, what do you want me to do next? 
God, what's the next word do you want me to preach? God, uh, how do you want me to go about this? They don't consult God. They do things in their own way. They make their own decisions. You can find this in 1 Samuel chapter 14, 24, um, uh, chapter 24, verses 16. And uh, chapter 26, verses 25, I'll repeat that. It's 1 Samuel, chapter 14, verses 24, chapter 24, verses 16 through to, through 22, and chapter 26, verses 25. Here's another thing about, <clears throat> excuse me, assault leadership. Uh, they are overly influenced by other people's opinions. Remember, when the kingdom was taken away from Saul, Saul's statement to Samuel was this. He said, I heeded the voice of the people. A Saul leader is more concerned about what people say than what God has to say. They are more concerned about their image, that if they don't do what the people say or what the people are demanding, then they believe that they will not have the spotlight, that they will become irrelevant, that they will not have the prominence that they're supposed to have. And it's just kind of like uh, leaders today who don't want to come out, uh, speak against homosexuality, who don't want to speak against sin, uh, or don't want to speak against certain political issues, societal issues, that we're plagued with. They don't want to speak against it because if I speak against it, then the people are going to get angry and then they're going to leave and that they may not want to follow me. They're more concerned about with the opinions of man, but don't take into account what God has to say concerning it, what, how God feels. And so instead of doing what's right and defending the truth, they would rather compromise and they would rather defend the lie to save people, to save face, to save their image rather than doing what God has said to do. They don't want to deal with the backlash, or they are overly influenced by the opinions of others. Saul said, I have heeded the voice of the people. You can find that in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 8 through 9. That's 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 8 through 9. Um, <clears throat> there are other scriptures. There's chapter 14, verses 44 through 45. Chapter 14, verses 44 through 45. You can also find it in uh, chapter 25, verses uh, 24. Amen. Now, here's the other point. He couldn't handle anyone receiving more praise than he. And so that's what a soul leader would do. They would never put you on their pulpit. They would never give you the microphone, even though they didn't know that you're seasoned, they're, that you're ready for your release, that you're anointed. They would not allow you to minister at, on their pulpit because they are afraid what might come out your mouth and that people might uh, uh, see you more than they see them. Okay? They, again, that's the spirit of intimidation. So they would rather suppress you. They would rather suppress your gifts rather than using you. Uh, they will use you, but they will use you to do what they believe is insignificant, like cleaning the bathrooms, like being the adjutant where you have to carry their pocketbooks and their water. Uh, they, they don't mind you serving in the background because you're not seen. But the moment you take the microphone and the platform and whatever comes out your mouth, that's what they're intimidated by. So they uh, do not want anyone receiving more praise than they did. As the Bible says that David killed his, 10, his thousands, but Saul, 
excuse me, Saul killed his thousands, but David his ten thousands. So we saw that David received more praise than uh, Saul. <clears throat> so he was more dying for the acceptance of people. Here's another one. He doubted the loyalty of those who were close to him and drove them away. <laughs> this is really interesting. This is really interesting. He drove away David. David was truly loyal to Saul. But he drove him away because he doubted his loyalty. And he doubted his loyalty in so much that because, you know, well, maybe because you're close to Jonathan, you all are conspiring against me. So guess what? Even Jonathan had to do things in secrecy on behalf of David because in Saul's mind, he felt that there was no loyalty to him. He doubted true loyalty. And so those who weren't loyal to him, he embraced. Like, like uh, 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 he embraced. And so uh, you'll find that he embraced those who weren't loyal, and those who were loyal, he drove them away. Uh, we saw that Saul was very prideful. He had a prideful spirit. Uh, I'm going to move along here. Oh, I wish I had more time to do this. He was prideful. Oh, there's so many here to cover. I, I don't want to rush through this. I really don't want to rush through this. I'm actually going to make this a part three. I do not want to rush through it because there's so much information. So what I'm, what I'm going to do, uh, Lord's willing, I'm going to continue. I'm going to go over again the characteristics of a Saul spirit. Next segment, I'm going to go over the characteristics of a Saul and how to deal with Saul, how to deal with Saul and what your approach should be. And um, if we have enough time, then we go into, um, we'll go into the, uh, the other topic that I will speak about. But we're going to continue on with a part three and really open up the lines for anyone who may have been experiencing that and want to talk about their experiences. And if you have any questions that, uh, that you want to know, what should I do? If I am in, in the ministry where I am dealing with Saul, what do I do if my pastor is a Saul? What do I do if I find out that my pastor is operating in witchcraft, that, my, that the Spirit of God is no longer with my pastor? What do I do? So we're going to be delving into that topic again for our next segment. We have approximately 10 more minutes, so I'm going to open up the lines to any uh, callers, and then I'll give my final uh, remarks within the last five minutes of the segment. Uh, so, caller, you are live. God bless you. Woman of God. Hey, God bless you. God bless you. Thank. I just want to, uh, because time is finished. I just want to say thank you very much, and and you know, I'll just briefly say, you know, we spoke about in one of the chapters. Uh, I believe it was. Uh, uh, let me check. I have Second Samuel 16. If I'm not mistaken, uh, for the sake of time, I, I'll be quick about this. Yes, you have, uh, you have approximately three minutes. Oh, actually, it's First Samuel. Uh, first Samuel, I believe, uh, when the evil spirit, first Samuel, yeah, uh, came upon Samuel. Uh, it said that, that that spirit was from the Lord, and you know, there are some people mm -hmm. that may even may even uh, uh, challenge that. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Second right. Samuel. Second Samuel. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. say that, wow, you know, wow, what, what, what do you mean? The Lord has an evil spirit? Um, we, we have to keep in mind that, that remember, um, 
Samuel was, was at a place of disobedience. And we have to understand right. that with that opening came that evil spirit. He had already positioned his heart for evil at that point in time. So uh, God was no longer with him. So at that point, he was handed over to that evil spirit. So some people say, well, wait, 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 wait. That, that, that came from God? That came from the creator himself? And we have to understand that Saul had already positioned his heart. God had already turned from him so that now an opening was created for that now for, for that evil spirit to, to, to come in and afflict him in such in, in, in such a way. So I just wanted to um I just wanted to uh share that. Um and I just want to also say thank you very much uh for tonight. I'm looking very much forward to um to uh, part three of this. This has really, really been a blessing. Thank you so much, woman of God. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much for that. Um, are there any other callers that have any final uh, questions, statements, or comments? Caller, you are live. Amen. Um, if there aren't any others, uh, Please, I, I do advocate that you will share your questions, statements, or comments. Even if you have a prayer request, uh, you are more than welcome to do so. Maybe you don't want to disclose your name. You don't have to disclose your name either. You can choose to remain anonymous. But if you do have a prayer request, I also will take prayer requests to pray with and for you. Amen. It's not only just a teaching segment, but it's also we're also here to pray with you and touch and agree uh, with you and release the word of the Lord. Uh, uh, if the Holy Spirit permits, amen. And so um, if there are any prayer requests at this time, I'm going to open up the lines before we conclude. You have approximately eight more minutes, amen. So if there's any prayer requests at this time, call or you are live. Well, okay, so we're just going to uh, move straight along there, amen. And so... In closing, I do want to say that, uh, as I shared in the beginning of this topic, is that the Davids are arising. That's what the topic was tonight. The Davids are arising. And truly, uh, as I mentioned, that God is raising up true leaders in this time, uh, in this hour, to do a great work. And we've learned so much from the past two segments uh, where we spoke about the, uh, the life of David and how his characteristics were and how he was able to uh, deal with the spirit of Saul. We'll be getting more into that the next segment as we're going to make this a three-part series teaching before we um, change off into a different topic. But I do pray that this topic tonight was a blessing to you, um, that it motivated you, that it inspired you. And through it all, at the ending of the day, we're supposed to love one another. Even if you see a person uh, that may be operating in the spirit of Saul or maybe that Saul may be you, it may be any one of us, that we can use this word and begin to evaluate our own life and find ourselves at a place of repentance. It is not too late, amen, if you do it now. It's not too late if you do it now, if that makes any sense. But, amen, we want to make sure that we say to the Lord, uh, uh, God, I repent. 
I repent if I have had any of the characteristics of Saul, that if I have harbored any resentment in my heart, that if I have suppressed the kingdom of God in any way, Lord, if that's me, I repent. And if God, if I am that David, Lord, what must I do to get to that next level? What must I do to access that mantle, that another dimension that you want me to get to for your glory? And so these are the questions that we need to begin to ask ourselves. What am I doing now to impact the kingdom and with the time that I was allotted, allotted, the time that I have now, what am I doing to impact the kingdom? My friends, it is time to arise. It is time to start pioneering. It's time to start plowing. It's time to start prophesying. It's time to propel. It's time to move into your purpose, amen, because the time is now, and it's the time for the kingdom to really go forth, hallelujah, and the people of God to go forth in the things of God. And so, my friends, that concludes the teaching uh, for tonight. Amen. I am on here every first and third Mondays of every month at 7 through 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Kingdom Empowerment. My segment is uh, eliminating and exposing witchcraft uh, 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 operations within the body of Christ, but we know from time to time I go into different times so that we can have a broad and extensive teaching of God's word. And uh, nevertheless, we are still praying. We are still on the wall. We're still exposing. Glory be to God, but we're learning. We are advancing. So I want you to invite a friend to join us every first and third Mondays of every month uh, at 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Kingdom Empowerment by dialing in 646-668-2413. Again, that's 646-668-2413 uh, with myself and Dr. Ganny. And there are so many others that come on. Also, the man of God uh, is also on um, uh, uh, Man of God Minister Pastor Kevin Graves is also on. His segment is on uh, every second and fourth Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You also may join him for uh, Kingdom Principles. If you want to learn about Kingdom Principles, it's all here on Kingdom Empowerment. Amen. And we want to thank God for Dr. Ganny. She is doing a wonderful job uh, within the body of Christ, and, and, and she's been doing great kingdom exploits. And I know that there's the best is yet to come. We'll be uh, giving you announcements of other events and other segments that we'll be coming up with. Amen. And we'll be making those announcements as time go by. But we definitely want you to know that this is not just an ordinary uh, uh radio broadcasting, that this is a radio broadcasting that's going globally, it's going internationally, and it has impacted the life of so many people. So listen, please do not take this lightly. Uh, uh, this is a movement, a true movement of the Holy Spirit. In fact, uh, um, we've taken this from a, a radio Broadcasting, but uh, Dr. Ganny has also done uh, uh, conferences in time past, and I'm sure there will be more others as the Holy Spirit leads her to do that. There will be more of that as well. And so, listen, just please pray our strength in the Lord as we are also praying for you. We are impacting the kingdom, we are going forward. If you want to get connected to my ministry, you can find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook. I am on Facebook. 
uh, uh, Dehima McLean Ministries. That's D-I-H-I-M-A-M-C-L-E-A-N Ministries. And you can find me there if you are requesting prayer or you want to know any updates concerning uh, my ministry or even if for speaking engagement, you can contact me at dehima at gmail.com and we can get connected to advance the kingdom of God. Listen, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, amen, and you listen to this message tonight and it has blessed you and you're saying, God, I want to be like a David. I want to be called. I want to be anointed. I believe it's my time now to go forth in the things of God to represent you, to advance the kingdom of God. All you have to do, if you are not saved, all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. And confess your sins and repent and you shall be saved. Amen. There is a place for you in the kingdom. There is a place reserved for you. Amen. And, and, and the time is now. Glory be to God. If you are already saved, but you are looking to go forth in the things of God, listen, join us next week. We will pray with and for you. If you're trying to get your ministry to another level, we will pray for you. We will get you to that place where you are able to uh, to launch out into the deep, where you're able to ascend and go to another level because God is releasing mantles in the earth realm. Will you catch it, and will you be in the place and the posture to receive it? So, my friends, God bless you tonight. This is your host, Tehima McLean. Amen. And we are definitely looking forward to seeing you next week, every first and third Mondays of every month, 7 through 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, with power-packed teaching, spiritual enrichment, education, and edification. We're looking forward to seeing you. Invite a friend. Invite as many people as possible right here on Kingdom Empowerment at 646-668-2413. You cannot afford to miss it. God bless you. I love you. And live in the expectancy of God. Good night. Good night.